Hi, friend. You are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, a podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now, welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ, and for me now, after having been through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys with you. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Hey there, welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and I'm so grateful that you are listening to our first episode from December 2021. If you listened last week, you may know that this month we're going to do things a little differently. Instead of having a different co-host every month, as we have been doing all year since February, during the month of December, we are going to have a couple bonus episodes from some special co-hosts that you may remember from throughout 2021. And today we're going to be talking with Abby McDonald. Abby is an author um, who came on the podcast in this episode to address some questions that Savannah, my November co-host, shared, um, asking some questions about um, faith. And so before we dive into that conversation here in just a second, I just want to give a quick shout out to today's special podcast sponsor, Laurel Denise creates meaningful handmade jewelry meant to encourage, inspire, and remind people of what they cherish most in life. The business is a small crew of women in Charlottesville, Virginia, just building on the dream that God gave the founder Laurel 15 years ago to create encouraging jewelry with her handwriting. They've become a gift company that answers the call for much more than a bracelet. Their mission is to be their real selves on the internet and provide meaningful gifts at a price people can afford. And on a personal note, you've heard me talk about these bracelets before, but I love sharing about things that I love, and that is exactly what's happening with Laurel Denise. So if you are looking for great Christmas gifts or holiday gifts or thoughtful, meaningful gifts, go over to her website at laureldenise.com and check out some of the deals that they have going on during this month of December. Um, I just love her product, and I am grateful for the opportunity to talk about it here on the podcast. Um, yeah, so friend, enjoy this month. I'm excited for the episodes that we've prepared for you. This one's great. Um, I love this conversation with Abby and I, I'm just grateful. Welcome back to the Fighting Something Real podcast, friend. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and I'm excited that you're listening in for season four, where each month I'm co-hosting this podcast with a different young woman. My special co-host joins me for an intro episode each month where she shares her faith story and asks questions related to spiritual matters. And then throughout the month, we're inviting special guests on to share their stories and also address some of my co-hosts' honest questions. As I've said before, 
I am loving this format, friend. And all the special young women that I've had the privilege of co-hosting this podcast with, I'm just very, very grateful. And again, I want to say thank you to those of you who are supporting this podcast in some way, either through the encouraging emails that I receive, the podcast reviews on Apple, the prayers, and through Patreon. Your support of what we're doing here is greatly appreciated. You can find out more information about how you can be a supporter of this podcast by going to findingsomethingreal.com. Just click support at the top of the page. Today, my November special co-host, Savannah, she couldn't be here with us uh, for this recording, but if you're listening for the first time, Savannah previously shared about growing up in a Christian home, really giving her life to Jesus at the age of 13, but then again, just recently surrendering to him at the age of 21. She's now 22, desiring to follow Jesus, and she has some fantastic questions about how that looks and how to do that. So even though she couldn't be here for this particular recording, she's already shared some great questions regarding faith. And one of them had to do with the question of relationship with God. Savannah asked, could being known as a Christian versus making one's faith their own be considered two different steps in a Christian's journey? Have others experienced this? So to answer that question and have a discussion around that topic, I'm excited to welcome back a returning guest today. Last time this guest was on the podcast, it was March 2020. Interestingly enough, we had recorded that podcast episode in February of that year. And when it finally aired three weeks later, it felt like three years had passed and the entire world had changed. (laughs) What a time to be alive. Our guest is an author speaker, and writing coach. She's also a wife and mom whose work has been featured on Proverbs 31 Ministries, Encourage for Every Mom, and more. Her passion is to empower women to grow in faith and hope, even when life is messy. She earned a bachelor's degree in English from the University of South Carolina and loves to teach about writing at conferences each year. When she's not reading or writing, you can find her wrangling her three kids and Black Lab while drinking copious amounts of coffee. (laughs) I'm thrilled to welcome her back to the Finding Something Real podcast. Welcome back, Abby McDonald. Thanks, Janelle. I'm excited to be here today. Uh, Abby, I'm excited you're here too because I've kind of gotten to know you a little bit better the last few weeks. Yeah. I mean, you've been kind of helping me do some things. Do you want to share what that is? <laughs> sure, Janelle. Um, Janelle has been one of my first coaching clients. I've been coaching her with writing and just getting to know her better and helping her through some of those obstacles that we all encounter on our writing journeys. And it's been a pleasure to do that and to just get to know your passion and what your message is. And I really enjoyed it. So thank you for that opportunity. I I loved working with you and um, your calm presence and um, steadfastness, I would say, um, has been really just a balm to me. And I know that you're going to be just a tremendous gift to any of your clients um, moving forward. So I know that that's still in the works. um, But she's wonderful. And if you're a writer, reach out to me and I'll tell you how to get in touch with her. (laughs) As a coach. Thank you. Yeah. So Abby, how are you doing? How have things been? 
Things are going great, uh, Janelle. It's it's a busy season that we're entering into, um, and I'm just trying to keep God at the the center of my focus and not the all the other things that we can often, you know, chase after. And so, it's always a day to day struggle, but yeah, <laughs> overall things are going great. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Your book, Shift, um, I think the subtitle was Changing Our Focus to See the Presence of God, um, yes. came out right before a very crazy time. Um, the back cover <laughs> read, if we want to see God in the middle or in the midst of our struggles, we have to change the way we look for him. When the desires of our hearts are filled, it's easy to see God. Miracles, answers to prayer, and abundant blessings all testify to God's presence. But what about the seasons where he seems invisible? Abby, COVID for many people was a season where God may be felt invisible. Um, did you find it easier or harder to share about your book once the pandemic turned the world upside down? <laughs> uh, it was harder, Janelle. Um, my, I had a plan for the things I was going to do to share about the book, as any author should, you know, I, if they're going to release a book into the world and um, a lot of those things that I had planned to do, I wasn't able to do because of the pandemic and just the limited access to conferences and in-person events, um, that sort of thing. But you know what? God was faithful during that time to provide new opportunities that I didn't foresee, um, virtual conferences, podcast interviews like I did with you. Uh and so I really was forced to practice the things that I talked about in my book, <laughs> you know, about shifting my focus in ways that I didn't foresee. And quite honestly, I didn't want to, mm -hmm. to do those things, but it, that's, that's the way God works. You know, he, he makes us practice what we preach and makes us live out our message in ways that we may not necessarily want to, but he knows that it's going to help to fortify our faith and to build a deeper character in us. And so, yeah, it was definitely harder, but it really did. It made me uh, deeper in that faith that I talked about in my book. So yeah. Did you find that it resonated more with some of the readers, too, because they were reading it in a time where it really was, you had to shift your perspective in a lot of ways. I mean, if the world forced us to do that, did you feel that? Did you yes, receive that? Yes, yeah. definitely. I had a number of people reach out to me and just talk about the timeliness of the book and how it came to them at just the right time. And so it was amazing because obviously I didn't foresee any of that when I wrote the book. I mean, I wrote a bo the book a year and a half before it released. And so a pandemic was not <laughs> anywhere on my radar, but God used that book, like I said, in ways I didn't foresee. And even just with all the other things that were going on at that time, you know, with just having to learn a whole new way to teach our kids who were in school and the election and all of this 
political upheaval, people just constantly reached out to me and said that the book was a timely message for that. And I, I give all the credit for that to God because I had nothing to do with that. I just wrote the book. <laughs> Meanwhile, were you at home going, I can't believe I wrote that book. <laughs> Lord, this is yeah, a really hard yeah. lesson. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I I was definitely thinking at times, you know what, I I really would prefer <laughs> not to live this out. But it, it was, it was good. It was yeah. good for me. Yeah. Well, I was looking at all the reviews of your book um, when I was preparing for this conversation. And this one stood out to me. Uh, the reviewer said, Shift by Abby McDonald is best summed up with two words, gentle encouragement. It's a cry among the Christian nonfiction world for a focus shift from what we see and feel to the trustworthiness and everlasting love of our Father. Abby uses everyday examples from her life and the stories of others to show how minor tweaks in our focus can manage much in the faith world, um, can manage much in the faith world for our benefit and his glory. This book is an easy read, perfect for a morning devotional or Bible reading time. And each chapter also includes helpful lens adjusting questions at the end to help readers consider personal application and change. So if you're listening to this podcast and you need a little shift, especially as we're moving into the holidays and the craziness that all comes from that, and perhaps more COVID news and more political upheaval, I encourage you as somebody who's taken a look at this book uh, to go and, and get a copy. It's uh, fantastic. And Abby, um, after getting to know you more over the last few weeks, I just have to say you are the right person to write that book <laughs> because oh, you, you do have uh, that anchor in Christ and it's um, really beautiful to behold. So I just wanted to endorse it um, for whoever is listening. Um, how has the last two years changed that book's message or do you think that it really has? Uh, I don't think that the message has changed, Janelle. I just think that the application maybe has changed. I think that we every season that we're in has opportunities to shift our focus and that we all, no matter what season we're in, we have a struggle where we have to choose to maintain our focus on God rather than whatever it is that we're experiencing. But the application has changed because the world is just so different right now than it was when I wrote the book. And there are so many things that feel heavy and uh, think ordinary mundane things that feel more difficult just because of the nature of the world that we're in. And so um, I think if anything, there's more opportunities to apply the principles I taught about in the book, just because um, those everyday things do seem hard oftentimes. And we often question what the truth is because we're just bombarded with so many different opinions and so many different points of view on the same topic and we don't know what to believe. Mm -hmm. And so the book's message really is just an opportunity to anchor ourselves, like you said, in Christ and his truth, which is unchanging. Um, and it doesn't depend on anyone else's opinion. It is a solid foundation for us to stand. And so 
Yeah. I, I think that it has changed in that way. Yeah. Well, I, um, I love it because a few weeks ago I was talking to you a little bit about this podcast and about my co-host this month. And the question that I asked at the beginning here, you know, is it, I think if I had to summarize Savannah's question, it would be like, is it normal to like ha- have this be a journey? And as a Christian or someone who's growing up in a Christian home to feel like there's certain times where, wow, like my relationship with God was like this, but now it's like this. And it's it's gotten deeper, you know, in a way that I couldn't have anticipated before. So I'm wondering, you were excited to answer that question Um what you have to share about that, Abby? Because I'm guessing perhaps that was some of your story, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that I believe that yes, there there are opportunities to do that. That we do have these different experiences with faith, with making our faith our own. And just believing that initial message, because when we grow up, we're initially just regurgitating what we've heard. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're living out what we've been taught. Um, and we believe that whoever raised us usually, I mean, obviously there's exceptions to that, but um, we believe whatever our parents tell us is the truth, you know, and I actually grew up in a a Christian school as well. Well, at least for part of my schooling, uh, middle school and high school, I did go to a private Christian school. And so I also had that element where I was being taught about faith and the gospel message. But I think that when we become an adult and we enter the quote unquote real world, whatever that is, you know, where we're getting our our first job or we're being encountered with a worldview that's different from our own and, and what we've believed our whole life, then there comes a point when we really have to question and we have to ask ourselves, is this real? You know, is this something that I'm gonna stake my life on And for me, it had a lot to do with moving from the area where I grew up in South Carolina, which um, a lot of people refer to that area, you know, in the South as the Bible Belt, you know, so there's a lot of people that are Christian or at least grew up with that worldview. Um, And I moved to Utah, um, where the dominant um, view of faith was very different from what, what I grew up with. And I had people asking me, you know, do you believe this? And do, is this um, something that you want to be a part of? And I had to really dig deep and ask myself, what do I believe? You know, and then when I find out, found out I was expecting my first child, I had to decide, you know, what am I going to raise my child? Um, what faith am I going to raise him in? And so, yeah, I think that there's definitely a lot to that question. And it's definitely something that that is true that we have to just have that faith experience for ourselves and make it our own. Yeah. 
I want to go back to something you said right at the beginning, um, because mm-hmm. you said so often as children growing up, we were just regurgitating what we've been taught. Um, and I don't uh, disagree with you on that. But there's many people in the world today who say, uh, you know, parents are brainwashing their children uh, with all oh. this faith, you know, stuff. Um, and I mean, I, I think I've even felt some of that when I post things about my children, uh, talking about, you know, Bible verses and different things that they've learned. Uh, you know, my, some of my friends won't respond and I'll, I'll notice that there's no response. Um, Mm. Abby, what would you say to that argument that, uh, Mm. you know, people who are religious or who are faith filled, um, you know, teaching their kids to just repeat uh, and, and, you know, regurgitate what they've been taught. Why is that not brainwashing? Hmm. That's a good question, Janelle. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my, my husband and I have talked about this um, a few times because we do have family members who are choosing to do, raise their children differently than we have and not teach them the Bible or the gospel message as the dominant faith in the home. And I would say to that, that kids need a solid foundation when they're growing up. They don't need to be told, well, you could believe this, but you could also believe this, or you could believe this. Um, that is going to be very confusing to a child. And whether you choose to teach your child the gospel or about Jesus or not, you're still going to be teaching your child something. You're going to hopefully teach them right and wrong, you know, or set some kind of boundary uh, with your child and say, no, you can't go out and slap someone in the face, or, you know, you can't go out and kill someone or steal from someone. Um, you're teaching them certain things. Well, you know, where does that come from? Why is that true? What is the difference between that and something else? And these are questions that your child is going to have. They may not necessarily know how to articulate that, but they're going to want, they're going to eventually question where, where does that morality come from? Um, So I think that you have to give your child some kind of foundation when they're growing up and have some kind of boundaries or otherwise they're just going to grow up and just kind of be like this kite floating off into the sky with no direction and no way to go. And the wind's just going to take them anywhere. Um, And even though I did Uh, come to a place where I had to question my faith and what I believed. I do believe that it's that foundation that I grew up with that eventually brought me back um, Mm -hmm. to that and and to knowing what I believed. And of course, the fact that the spirit pursued me with the truth and because of his grace. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I think that, um, we have to teach our kids something, yeah. you know, um, and whether it's 
whether it's the Bible or something else, then um, uh, <laughs> actually one of my, uh, I just thought of this song lyric. One of my favorite uh, bands growing up uh, was Rush and um, the, their lyrics uh, up to one of their songs was, um, I think the song is called Free Will, but it says, even, uh, even if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Mm. And so, yeah, yeah, I think that that really speaks for itself. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Um, whether we like it or not, all of us have a worldview that we're imparting, mm-hmm. even the yeah. worldview of I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell my kids uh, right from, you know, I, I don't want them to know about this. And I actually think it's very unbiblical uh, to raise your kid that way. If you're a Christian and you go, man, um, I'm not going to tell them that Jesus, uh, you know, who Jesus is, <laughs> like, because I want them to figure it out for themselves. Right. Um, you're kind of shirking a responsibility. The Bible says uh, to train a child in the way that he or she mm. will go. And when they're mm-hmm. old, they will not depart from it. Now, there's a, a lot of theological questions related to that question we won't get into. But um, I think that's true. And Jesus Christ himself said, let the children little children come to me for such is the kingdom of heaven. And I think, um, you know, I've thought about that with my own children. Like, so I have four, I think, Lord, uh, I, I don't want them to just regurgitate all of this, but to be honest in the beginning, when you're, you're teaching a child, that is a a lot of the times that's Uh exactly what's happening. They're hearing you. They trust you. They Uh believe you. Um, mm-hmm. because you're a trusted adult member. Now, if they don't trust you, there's other, you know, deeper issues going on there. But if you are a good parent, they trust you, they love you, and they think, what you have, I believe. And then you get exposed to the world. And like you said, you have to come to things on your own. But I think what Savannah's question was, you know, it's it's very appropriate because I think sometimes we grow up thinking as believers, like, oh, I'm going to have this amazing experience where I come to Jesus, it's going to be this, you know, a night and day thing. And then um, I, you know, my salvation secure and I'm going forward. But I think growing up in, Christ- in a Christian home, sometimes maybe it feels a little more messy because maybe we don't have that date that we came to Christ in our Bible. It actually has been this long journey of choosing to follow him, getting lost in the weeds and coming back again and again and again. Um, but I think uh, a friend of mine says more is caught than taught. And mm-hmm. when as parents, um, you know, when we see our children, you know, questioning different things, what we teach in our homes so often is more without the words sometimes, you know, although the words are important too. But anyway, any thoughts on that? I know that's a lot, but... <laughs> No, I agree, Janelle. I agree. And I do think it's a responsibility. And I think a lot of times that when our kids do get old enough to start asking questions, like my oldest is 13, and he's really started to ask some hard questions about faith already. And it's really um, come from a result of him getting more involved with the church and him praying more and just the way that things were introduced to him by the youth pastor um, with prayer and hearing God. Well, my son interpreted that as hearing the audible voice of God, Mm. you know, and because he's, he can be a very literal person. And, you know, I, 
can only speak for myself and the people that I've talked to about this personally, but I don't know very many people who have heard the literal voice of God, like Moses in the burning bush, you know, but God still speaks to us in different ways because he's infinite. So the Mm -hmm. ways that he can speak to us are limitless. You know, he can speak to us through nature. He could speak to us through a friend and, uh, a song, you know, um, through his word. And so, but my son was uh, frustrated because he didn't think he was hearing God. He was Mm -hmm. expecting to hear his actual voice talking to him while he was praying. And we had to explain to him that God can speak in all these different ways and that we just have to pay attention and be alert like Paul tells us to do and be watchful. And at first I have to admit, it was a little bit worrisome to me because I was like, Oh no, you know, my son's asking these hard questions Mm -hmm. and I don't know what to do. And maybe he's going to start believing something different because he's not hearing God the way he expects. And just all these things, you know, that you ask as a parent, but what I realized was if we're not asking questions, then we're really not growing, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know anyone who has lived a life of faith where they haven't ever had any questions or had doubts that they had to work through and wrestle through. And that's a sign of a growing faith and not a stagnant faith. Yeah. And so I think that that's something that we have to keep in mind as well with when we're raising little ones. Yeah, I agree. You know, this podcast is for young women who aren't necessarily sure about faith, you know, and I think in my private conversations with girls that have grown up in the church, um, so often there are questions that they don't want to ask out loud uh, Mm, because inside they're asking them. But outside, people have this expectation of them, right? Like you go to church, you do all the things, everything's fine. And there's a deep fear in speaking those questions out loud. And actually, I mean, I think you and I would agree on this, that that does so much more harm than good. Because Mm -hmm. um, when we hide those questions, it's usually because we're afraid uh, would the answer really confirm my faith? Would the answer really be okay? Like, I don't want people to think badly of me. And so I think it's a fear of what other people think. It's a fear of maybe finding the wrong answer. But I believe, and I think, you tell me if I'm wrong when I say I think you would agree to, but we're going to find the answers God wants us to. If our faith is real, then we shouldn't be afraid of the questions. Um, Mm -hmm. I was talking to a young agnostic the other day about that. Like, I'm not afraid of any question that comes on this podcast, Um, frankly, because I don't think I I know I don't have all the answers and not all the answers can be found this side of heaven. I just believe that. However, um, I believe that the answers that can be found really, truly do point to Jesus Christ. And I'm not afraid to investigate. But there was a time in my life where I was. There was a time in my life in my early 20s where I remember thinking, I never heard that objection to Christianity before. Or, you know, what would my mom think if she knew I was struggling in this area? Um, Mm. So any thoughts on that, Abby? Because I think that's such a, did you ever experience that where you were afraid to let people that you knew Mm. that loved God, like 
in on the fact that you were struggling with some things. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I think that that's such a common fear. And I actually wrote about this one time I talked about, um, Thomas, you know, who's, uh, that's how everybody remembers Thomas as the one, you know, the doubter Thomas. Well, he was one of the disciples and the, the story that I'm referring to specifically was where the sisters see that Jesus has risen. Well, they, they see him as they're looking for him at the tomb. And at first, Mary doesn't recognize him, but then he reveals himself to her and she sees who he is and praises him. And then the sisters run back to tell the disciples, you know, Jesus is alive. We've seen him. And Thomas is one of the ones who says, well, you know, I'm not going to believe until I actually see him for myself and I stick my hands in his side you know, where the centurion had put the sword into Jesus side. And so, I mean, that's how we remember Thomas. Most of us is the one who said that the one who doubted well by him verbalizing that and saying that out loud, that creates this wonderful opportunity for Jesus to come. And he actually says, you know, here I am. And gives Thomas the opportunity to do just that, to put his hand in his side and to see the scars. And Thomas believes, you know, and he worships him. But had he not said that out loud, then I don't know if that opportunity would have been created. I mean, I'm sure that Jesus would have continued to pursue him because that's what he does. But it was when he actually said that, that Jesus appeared and he allowed him to do that. And so I always think about that now when I'm encountered with that question with, do I really say anything? And you see that time and time again, though, like Jesus chasing us down and giving us these opportunities to believe when we're at our worst. I mean, even with Peter, when he was like, I will follow you to death and, you know, I will stake my life on this. And Jesus says, no, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. But he also says, but when you turn back, mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, <laughs> fortify your, your brothers or, you know, Mm -hmm. encourage your brothers. I can't remember the exact word he uses. I was faltering there with the exact word, but the point is he says, when you turn back, he doesn't say, if you turn back, he says, when. And so I think that God already knows that we're going to doubt. He knows that we're going to have questions, but he's the one that, continues to pursue us with his spirit and uh, give us those opportunities, like I talked about, to really just fortify that faith. And so, yeah, I think that when we verbalize that, that we don't have to be afraid, that it really just gives the opportunity for the light to shine into that dark spot where we're wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. 
I mean, the Bible is full of people who asked great questions, including mm-hmm. Jesus. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid to ask people questions, and he wasn't afraid to receive them. And uh, I think of John the Baptist, you know, who did all of this great ministry, and then at the end of his life really doubted, and that's recorded in Scripture. Or I often wonder what was the experience for the disciples when Jesus had ascended into heaven and left them. And then in Acts where it says, you know, all of Jerusalem was talking about, uh, you know, what had happened uh, with Judas and how, you know, he had died. And it was this gruesome thing. And then the disciples are sitting around in this upper room like I'm sure they had tons of questions, but then the Holy Spirit comes upon them and the questions didn't matter in the face of God's presence. You know what I mean? And I think about that so much, but it's interesting because I think people's perceptions get in the way so often, like uh, our, our concern about people's perceptions, right? Like your journey, whoever is listening to this, your journey with God is your journey with God. He's pursuing you. He loves you. He created you. You're not garbage to him. You are created and beautiful and precious to him. And it's between you and him. But I know personally from talking with people and also from my own journey that so often I would get caught up in other people's perceptions. And I think it's so interesting that you mentioned Thomas because in the church so often he's referred to as doubting Doubting Thomas. Thomas. Doubting Thomas. Now, we don't talk about John the Baptist as doubting John the Baptist, who actually was not real. Yeah. You know, like, we don't know what he he's still doubting. Too, yeah. yeah, he doubted, too. We we just remember right. that Jesus said all these amazing things. But Thomas, we give this bad rap to, and we don't give any positive conversation. <laughs> I mean, some pastors will, but most refer to him as doubting Thomas. And so, Abby, how do we combat that because really this question of savannahs which i i think is great um it's really wondering have other people experienced this too versus this is just me and you jesus right like mm-hmm. how do we fight those questions i mean not that this isn't a great question to ask it is <laughs> but it really is about what other people are experiencing which i think so often we get caught up in like is my experience like that person or that person heard from god like this i mean i there are people who hear from God audibly. I have it, um, but yeah. I've heard from God in other ways, like what you were saying. So how do we stay anchored to him in a world full of comparison and people saying, well, that's not exactly my experience, right? Mm, that's a good question, Janelle. I think it's just, it it's really so important to stay rooted in the word. And I know that that might sound cliche and that some people get tired of hearing that, but it, I cannot rely on somebody else's experience or somebody else's interpretation of who God is or what his word says. I have to know it for myself and I have to, dig into it and to ask his spirit to speak to me in a personal way, because if I'm just relying on somebody else spoon feeding me the gospel message, then eventually I'm going to get to a place where that is not going to stand against the lies that the enemy is telling me and the things the the lies that I'm just believing on my own, um, because they're constant. And every day when we wake up, it's something else that we have to fight. And so 
just knowing him um, for myself and knowing that he made me unique and that he speaks to me in a way that's different than how he speaks to anyone else because he didn't create me to be like anyone else and he didn't create me to live anyone else's life. Um, that we have to remember those truths and we have to uh, pray to him and call out to him. I think that that's one thing that we have become so weak in. And I speak for myself too, personally, is just prayer and just speaking to him daily about the things that we're going through. Because a lot of times it isn't until we verbalize what it is to God that we're experiencing that we have that new perspective on the situation and we see it in a new way. And so when we pray, we're not praying because God isn't already there in the situation. We're praying so that we can allow ourselves to see him in the situation. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think that those things just the staying in prayer, staying in the word and just remembering that he made us unique and that we're not meant to live anybody else's faith journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And I, it's funny that we do think, oh, read the Bible, pray, you know, like so often it's so easy podcast, uh, Janelle Davis, she's a friend from high school. She was here talking about um, the Bible with Savannah and I, and I got all like worked up. I, I, I listened to it later. <laughs> I was preaching because I think the enemy knows. I think he knows it's so like, it's right there. We have the word of God at our fingertips. And so mm -hmm. often we just take it for granted that we have that. And yeah. I know like my relationship with God drastically changed when I started getting into the word of God for myself and stopped focusing so much on what other people were doing and focused on that relationship between him and I and how it connected with other people. Right. But first it came with him and I, and I think, you know, when you look in scripture, first of all, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If that's your struggle, <laughs> trust me, it's still a daily struggle. But when I look in scripture, I see people who struggled with comparison. You know, you look at mm. Peter, um, who, you know, was being told by Jesus, at the end of your life, Peter, you're going to go, you're going to be led, uh -huh. and you're going to die a horrible death. You know, basically, he foreshadows that in scripture. And mm -hmm. I think it's Peter who looks behind and says, what about yeah. him to John? Yeah. You know, what's yeah. his story? Mm -hmm. And right. I think we do that every day. And so there's no temptation that it sees you except what is common to man. We all struggle with the same type of things, right? That's a reference yeah. to a scripture verse. I don't know the reference to exactly. But um, it's a common experience to compare. But like that, you know, trite saying goes, comparison is a thief of joy and it's not... Uh, any different in our relationship with Christ. I think everybody has a unique journey. And I've heard so many times from people who have grown up in the church um, who say stuff like, well, my testimony isn't like so-and-so is over there who got saved right. from this crazy thing or was an atheist all their life that came to Jesus, you know, all these different things. But actually, like you're saying, Abby, God has uniquely equipped and gifted and given a story and identity to each and every single one of us. And we're not going to, at the end of our lives, when we stand before God, be questioned about, oh, what did you think of so-and-so over here and so-and-so over there? 
we're going to be responsible for what we did with what he gave to us. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So yeah, I get worked up about that kind of stuff, Abby. (laughs) I I do. I love it. I love it. It's great. So so often we live in these lives that just aren't true, you know? Mm -hmm. That's so So, true. Anyway, um, any final thoughts on or anything that we haven't covered that you wanted to share? No, I'm just excited that I got the opportunity to talk with you again. And it's always a joy to have these conversations with you. I I love talking (laughs) about Jesus. (laughs) I know. Me too. So um, how can people find you after this, Abby? They can find me at abbymcdonald.org. And if they sign up for email updates, I have a free gift that goes their way it's called the daughter's manifesto and it's just about the truth of who we are in christ but it also if there's any men listening then it's just as applicable to men too i just called it daughters because i am a female so (laughs) (laughs) so they can grab a hold of that and yeah that's the best way okay and where's the best place to buy your book Amazon is the easiest place that I send people to, but you can find it anywhere where books are sold, especially online. I I can't speak for the uh, brick and mortar stores, but definitely online, anywhere books are sold. Awesome. Are you working on a book right now, like for the future? Do you have something in there? I am not, but God has started to get the wheels turning on a future book. So I know that there will be a future book. I cannot, I just can't say when at this point. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Abby, final question. The Finding Something Real podcast is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love of those four gifts that we can find in relationship with Jesus Christ. Restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. Which stands out to you the most in your life right now and why? I think love is the one that stands out to me right the most right now because it is the one thing that God keeps reminding me to come back to is that like Paul said in First Corinthians, if there's not love in it, then it's really just going to fade to dust and it's not going to matter in the end. And I think that the past year and a half, two years have really shown us that. And so that's the one. Yeah, that's great. Well, Abby, thank you so much for being here. And uh, I'm looking forward to opening up your book again and shifting my perspective. (laughs) So thank you. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting co-hosts to join me to share their personal stories, and to ask their honest questions about the Christian faith. Each month, we hope to feature a different co-host and together invite guests on to share from their own faith journeys and experiences. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all about what's so great about Jesus, I hope you come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.